You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL, former NFL scout, former ESPN employee for 10 years, and this is the Locked On NFL podcast. And during my time at ESPN, I got to be buddies with Mike Sando, who joins me every Thursday. Mike, I appreciate you taking time to chat with me as you do every Thursday. These are a blast. Yeah, absolutely. we got a good subject today. I really like this piece we're going to talk about. Yeah, and what we are going to talk about is if you go to ESPN.com, they have a deal set up with Pro Football Focus where they'll they'll put some of their stats and their articles on ESPN.com. And the one that went up today or yesterday was they ranked every roster in the league from 1 to 32. So we're going to scan them quickly. I'm going to break them up into increments of four teams at a time. And just kind of take some notes. Is is that too high in my opinion? Mike has some really good notes here. So let's dig right in. You ready, brother? Yep, I'm ready to go. Okay. One little small note. I just want to throw this out there too. Is if you go to the article, you'll notice that there's rookies. And for example, Win with the Patriots, who happens to be the number one team, have these really high grades. That's their college grade, and I don't think that they factored in as much. So right. it, don't don't get screwed, you know, strewn about by those. I mean, like, yeah, boy, Win is the highest graded Patriot. How would they know that he's never played? Well, don't overreact to that. Um, so here we go. Like I said, it starts with New England at one. At two is the Rams, a Super Bowl matchup, obviously. The Saints at three, a Final Four team. And the Eagles at four, which might shock some people, of that foursome, I don't know who I would have won, but I just don't think New England's roster is the strongest yeah. in the league. You know, I kind of thought it would be New Orleans. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I was surprised to see, like, like New England is going to be is you know usually the best team at the end of the year. You know they they they, they have a great, they have a good team, but we know um, if it's just roster, I always, I always feel like right. the team is you know, better than the sum of the parts, you know what I mean? So this, this seems to be like a sum of the parts thing. And for them to be number one, um, is interesting. And, you know, I think we're conditioned. I think a lot of people, when they read a piece, they come in with their own opinions and then they tell why the, why, where they pick a bone. But I think we can learn from these things too. You know, I mean, pro football focus does what they do. It's not, they wouldn't even say it's foolproof. You know, no, you know what I mean? I mean, it's no, no one's going to agree on everything, but that's interesting to me. I kind of go, Hmm, you know, I wouldn't have thought I, I might've, if they had been 10th, I would have said, okay, you know? Right. Like to me, if it's just the roster, they might be 15th on my list. But yeah. again, that's just another kudos to Belichick and Brady, especially Belichick of building the roster to make the sum greater than the parts and maximizing every guy he possibly can. And it's interesting to me because also on this list, it says every team's biggest strength and their biggest weakness. And it also has a, an X-factor type of deal. But, I mean, I think of New England and go, pass rush is a weakness. Pass catchers are a weakness. And that's kind of important. Those two aspects of the game, I've heard it's a passing league. So, <laughs> um, you know, Matt, as I did this, of course, I, I took every – I took. Basically, every team put it in a little bit of a spreadsheet here. I know it's a yeah. surprise to you that I would do that, but I like to sort of make sense of the big picture. And uh, I just looked at if you can see any player that's, you know, basically a, a good upper echelon player is shaded in blue. And so uh, they have grades of 80 or higher on the PFF scale, zero to 100, like Tom Brady's a 90.7 um, off of last season, Shaq Mason, 82.7. So you kind of get a feel. The, the Patriots have five of those. Uh, 
you know, players that PFF has blue. The most is the Rams with eight. There's actually two teams with zero. We'll get to them later. I'll tell wow. you who those are. But, you know, five is a healthy number, two on offense, three on defense. But I agree there are some holes. But when you got Tom Brady, it, it makes up for a lot of the holes. Yeah, I'm not weeping for the Patriots. Don't get me wrong. I, mean, <laughs> I yep. think that they will be just fine, especially in that division. Um, if you notice... The Chiefs were not one of the final four teams that were in the top four, and the Eagles were. I think the Eagles have a great roster and could win the Super Bowl last next year, and they were in it just a year ago. So don't yeah. sleep on that. And yeah. what's interesting about them is that Carson Wentz did, was a 79.4 by them, right. so he doesn't even come into that you know, 80 above average. But let's face it, I mean, if he's healthy and playing as well as he can play, he can, he can be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So that could really elevate them. Yeah, if if all these guys' grades were a stock price and I can yeah. buy Carson Wentz stock at 79 cents on the dollar, I'm buying a lot of yeah. it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. So that's our top four, all pretty good teams. I don't, you know, some surprises, but not like a huge shock. No, exactly. And the next one's a little bit shocking. I mean, considering where they were just two years ago, number five is the Bears. Number mm-hmm. six is the Chargers who I might have number one, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't like their offensive line, but that's a great roster to me. Then the Chiefs at seven. That might surprise people, considering how successful they were. But I also think they have holes. Um, They're not a perfect roster. And then the Steelers at eight, and that's, you know, not including Antonio Brown. I mean, these are current players, obviously. Yep, yep. So... Chicago, what's interesting about them, so they're near the top of the league. They're they're second in the league with seven of the uh, blue or higher players, right? But they have zero on offense. (laughs) They're all on defense. I mean, uh, seven is... the, is the most for any any defense zero obviously you can't be lower than that but i think the interesting thing about their offense is it's not like there's just a bunch of bad players everywhere i mean we have to look and say okay where's the upside is there anyone you can see on that offense as we look at it that is going to elevate them and maybe take them from being that team that is going to be a tough out but you know you start playing in the playoffs you got to have you got to have some offense right i mean you're sure. going to play somebody who is really good on offense and maybe puts up 24 points on your really good defense what are you going to do so do you think they have the potential the bears to um, grow enough on offense to to get to the next level sort of i mean i think Allen robinson is going to get closer to early career Allen robinson and starting to show mm-hmm. flashes i think anthony miller is going to take a step forward but you look mm-hmm. at these top eight teams there's no doubt that Trubisky is the biggest x factor of any of them you know they talk about x factors mm-hmm. and certainly his good is really good. His bad is really bad. And of these top two tier teams, there's no question that that's the least reliable quarterback situation. Absolutely. And so uh, Trubisky, if you just look at their quarterback grades, again, not gospel, but it's we're sticking with their grading system here. Um, he was third worst of the starting quarterbacks going into next season. And on their list, Lamar Jackson was lowest. And then Garoppolo, who could be better than that? I mean, he yeah, didn't, it's play. A one to call. didn't play a ton, but um but so Trubisky, if Trubisky does, um, you know, rise and, and plays better and, and you know, becomes, I think, a more consistent quarterback, uh, things obviously improve for them. But uh, we don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know that I'd bet on it. Did the Steelers at eight shock you a little bit? I, I thought some people might not think they're a top eight, top ten type of roster yeah, anymore. I thought they, you know, especially since Roethlisberger didn't get great grades for them. He right, wasn't even right. in that 80 plus. I mean, Neither basically for them. Yeah, for them, uh, PFF had them with one uh, 
player on offense graded 80 or higher and three on defense for four total, which is kind of a, a middling total. So um, I do think that they're still a good team, um, but it wouldn't have surprised me at all after the changes that they had if PFF had them at 16. Right, right. Now, I mean, I was shocked that they did come in at eight. Um, and we talked about this actually on my Steeler Nation radio show today, too. Ben didn't get a great grade. Connor didn't get a great grade. And the offensive linemen didn't you know, blow you away either, which you look at the strength of this team is the offensive line. You know, Connor had a good year. So that did shock me a little bit. But it, I do think it's a pretty complete roster. Um, folks, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, we are back. The Steelers were just at eight in the second tier, and I am scrolling down as we speak, so I'm talking kind of slowly, mm-hmm. and here we go. With the Vikings at nine, they may have a better roster than Pittsburgh. I mean, it's a strong group. The Colts at 10, I think we all would think that roster has the arrow pointing up next to it. Um, the Falcons at 11, I think that might be a little low for them. And at 12 is Dallas with a homegrown Really impressive defense. Yeah, and so there's teams in this window that uh, I would have thought would have been higher. And I'm not always saying who I, you know, to move them higher, you have to move somebody lower. Right. So, so you know, it's that doesn't always make, you know, it's easy <laughs> to say they should move up without saying who you'd move down. That's what always happens when people say, this guy should have gotten the Hall of Fame. I'm like, okay, who are you going to take out? And they're <laughs> right, silenced right. for five seconds where they say, oh. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, like to me, uh, Minnesota, I think, um, has a really good roster. I mean, I, I just think defensively they're really strong. I think that, that Gary Kubiak, his influence, you know, with Kevin Stefanski could help them uh, cover for the fact that they, you know, have issues on the offensive line. So I think they're, I think they're going to get more from Cousins this year um, without Cousins being a different guy. I just think the system um, will be set up a little bit better for him. So I, I think they're a team that can be a Super Bowl team. Um, it could also blow up in the next year. I mean, I think there's volatility, but, um, I like them and, and think that, you know, they could be better than the, better than ninth overall roster. I agree with you on Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I, I really like, I don't know that I like Atlanta to, to go deep, but I think Dallas could, I think Dallas is an interesting team. I think Dak is an underrated player. I think getting Frederick back is great. I think the defense will be potentially top five. I'd like to see another weapon emerge, a guy like Gallup or somebody like that. But back to Atlanta real quick, too. I think they're a Super Bowl contender. They might have – it's a little bit of a stretch, but I think they might have the best or one of the best offenses in the league. And you get Keanu Neal and Deion Jones back, and you know they got Trufant and Jarrett and those guys. I think they're built to win. Yep, they need a, a good luck year with injuries. I think they had that yeah. two years ago, uh, and then last year they didn't, and they weren't able to overcome. But uh, they're just an interesting team. I think the owner thinks they need to be in that conversation too, and so if they don't get there, I think that's a place that there could be changes. We saw them sort of have to fire their coordinators this off season, but you could conceivably really upgrade in that area if Dan Quinn's calling the defense and Dirk Cutter's calling the offense. I mean, those are pretty, you know, those are guys who've been hired as head coaches for doing exactly those things. So yeah. I think hopes are high there, and they hope their roster is better than 11th best. And I think most people would say that it is. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I was shocked to see Seattle at 13. I mean, quarterback aside, I don't see a very strong roster there. They would probably be 
22nd on my list. I mean, just totally guessing. Uh, Green Bay comes in at 14, and I think it's an improved roster for sure. I really like their offseason. And Rodgers' health will have a lot to do with things. Houston's kind of a top-heavy offense, or a top-heavy roster. I mean, some stars and then some holes. They're at 15. And then at 16 is the Titans, and they're kind of the opposite. I look at the Titans and think they're not real star-studded, but they're not bad anywhere. I think it's a deep, strong roster, and I think the Titans could surprise people this year. Here's what here's what surprised me out of that group. I agree, I, I, you know, that that I thought they would have Seattle lower, um, but I think Seattle's an interesting team because for most people, um, you look at you know so much youth and unproven, uh, and so it's hard to give that the benefit of the doubt. You could say defensively, you know, they may have a really bad roster, but uh, you know they also have a history of going with young guys and hitting. So maybe sure. they have a they they sort of have a volatile roster to me. It could be. A lot better than people think. It may not be, but they have a pretty good track record. What I was surprised about was it's hard to question you know, them. Yeah, when I did those, when I looked for those number of the blue shaded players, and, and on Seattle, I believe there's an error because they have Nick Vanette, I think, accidentally um, shaded blue. He's not. He's a 63, so I took him out. But okay. they ha- they had in this group, uh, Seattle and Green Bay had four offensive players shaded blue, and uh, that for Green Bay you could see it, but for Seattle that would have surprised me. Um, absolutely you know but but they got Chris Carson in there I think you got to remember Chris Carson is a punishing good back I mean he's not like special but for what they want to do I think he sets the tone I mean I think he's a good player for them Lockett came in barely above 80 but I think Tyler Lockett's a good player I do too so um, you know the question for me is uh, you know do they does their passing game develop a little bit more? Um, you know, they have some new faces there, uh, and Doug Baldwin's not there. So um, they are interesting. But um, definitely this is a – I feel like this is a volatile – we're starting in a volatile range where these rosters could go either way. You know what I mean? It's not a lock that they're going to be right here. They could be better or worse. I, I definitely hear you there, and I very much believe that with the Ravens, and a lot of it's because their quarterback's so volatile – but I also hesitate to say that. They're at 17 on the list. I also hesitate to say that because I think ownership, GM, I know it's a new GM, but front office, and especially coach, know how to get wins, even though it could be a volatile roster with some a lot of change and an odd quarterback. Cleveland is very volatile. They're at 18, and frankly, I was shocked that they were that low. I mean, I think they have a lot of star power, but maybe some of it's in the future as opposed to the rearview mirror or last year's grades. The Jags at 19, obviously a lot of that comes from one side of the ball. Um, they would not be in the top 20 for me. And the Lions at 20, I also think might be a little bit high. I like some of their guys, there's no doubt. Galladay, Jones, um, I think Hawkinson will be great for them. But I see problems with the defense. Uh, they shocked me that they were came in where they did too. Okay, very interesting teams in here. To me, Baltimore's okay. interesting because uh, they lost a lot of veteran leadership on defense. You know, you know, and, I, and so if that that's tough on a, that makes it tougher on the coaching staff. And if that defense slides off and is no longer what it's been, uh, it puts pressure on the offense to score points, which they're a ball control offense. So it'll get that, come down to Ken Lamar Jackson, who you know. 
by all accounts, really working on his game, working on, on, you know, being a better passer. Can he fill the gap if the defense falls off? Don't know that he can. Um, I think Jacksonville was interesting. They were one of the teams with zero of the blue shaded players on offense. So um, is that going to be enough for Nick Foles or is Nick Foles now going to, you know, slide off and sort of be more like he was with the Rams? I'm not saying that's going to happen, but just without uh, enough support around him like he had in Philly. And then Detroit. Real quick on Jacksonville before you go. Uh I'm sitting here Uh thinking about their offense. Besides Fournette, I don't really see a guy that next year we might be saying is a blue. Yeah, and I don't think Fournette's like that. I'm, I'm really stretching you know, that, I mean, too, I, right. I wouldn't say that to his face. But <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I mean, for being top, you know, top five pick, yeah. uh, you you would think, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I'm I'm buying on that one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying, hey, boy, they got to lock him up to a big money deal oh, for a running back. Not. I would not be right. saying that at all. So, um, and then Detroit, what was very interesting to me was they were tied for second in the league with uh, Denver uh, behind Chicago with five blue shaded players on defense. So I think we have to then ask the question, mm-hmm. Matt, because that was the first thing that stood up to you. Is this team quietly better than we think in Detroit? Are they quietly go- going to be able to support um, Matthew Stafford a little more. Do they develop a little bit of a run game? Because last year we saw them to try to commit to it more. You know, they became more of a team that tried to run. And is their defense, you know, is there enough talent and fits for what Matt, Matt Patricia wants to do for them to inch towards the middle of the pack and maybe go a little bit higher? And if that happens with Stafford, are they a potential surprise team? I'm not saying I believe they will be, but those ratings with five players on defense, and I don't know if you have those, if you have them in front of you. I do. Um, if you you know, let's go through their blue shaded players on defense, and you tell because four of them are up front. You tell me if you think they are. Before we do, I want to throw one little wrench, monkey wrench into this. Is one thing I did notice looking at these grades, and I'm not saying it's a flaw in PFF system, but I did mm-hmm. notice that the big run stuffing type defensive tackles grade higher <laughs> than their value in the real world. You know, like great point. I just, I just happened to notice that. I mean, no system that you would grade guys on is perfect, and they happen to have two yeah. of those players. So, uh, Deshaun Hand is also one of them, but I think he's a really good young player that does more than that. But that skews things a little for me. Like, and and Harrison too, right? The other one, he's a ninety-two. Right. So you're right. Would you rather have a ninety-two off the edge? And, I think like you know, Fletcher you- Cox is a ninety-two. You know what I mean? And I'll give you an example, too, where we just disagree with some of the grades, and we'll get to the summaries later, but Frank Clark's like a 76. Well, he's got a, a bunch of $100 million. He, he's better Somebody than to me. Right. But they graded, <laughs> but, you know, but they graded them. That, you know, they're staying true to their system. I'm not of course, of course. System. I'm just saying, you know, you know, it's not. this isn't gospel, but it's an interesting extra exercise. So that, that takes us through 20. I noticed guys like Lawrence Guy and Pierce, Harrison, yeah. Robinson from this team. Um, the big run stuffers grade really well. So just something to note, yep. but that doesn't yep. mean that yep. they're not valuable. Um, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish things up with the last dozen. Uh, one little favor I always ask of you guys, when you get in your car, please tell your smart device to play Locked On NFL Podcast. Uh, we'll be back here in a moment. All right, the Panthers at 21. I would take the over on that. And my hunch is, looking at the grades too, Cam Newton was a heck of a lot better early on than when he was playing injured, and that probably hurt his stock a little bit. Denver at 22, 
I'm not that impressed with their roster. I, I think they would be a bottom eight, bottom five roster for me, especially if you really you know look at the quarterback situation real heavy. Washington at 23 sounds about right, but I think that defense is better than people think. And then the Niners at 24, they have some good players now. I mean, especially in that front seven, health is going to be key for them. I feel like we, you and I talk about that every week. Yep. So of those four teams, Carolina, Denver, Washington, San Francisco, in this little quartet, uh, PFF had Denver with seven blue-graded players, five on wow. defense. So you, you obviously disagree with that. And they had the Redskins with zero on their whole roster. So uh, mm. I, I so we'll look at them, but I think Carolina is a great sort of wild card team. I don't mean wild card for the playoffs, but I, I mean just sort of a an interesting team because they were really, in my opinion, a top five offense until uh, Cam Newton's um, you know shoulder really sure. became a problem. And I, I think that to the degree that he can trust that shoulder and that he can become you know uh, more willing to really let let the ball go downfield and become a, a good deep ball thrower again. Um, I think that's a huge variable. They they have some good talent there. I, I like the way the offense performed um, until uh, late in the year when when Cam Newton was really hurt. So I think they improved um, like, their offensive yeah. line a lot too. Yep. This off yep. Season. So yep. so definitely don't be surprised if that's a top ten type offense again. Um, we'll see how Newton is, but the, what I've heard early is that he's doing okay. Um, and then defensively, they've been in just a little bit of transition. So, and mm-hmm. obviously, need need Keekley to stay healthy. And I think they need more from Quan Short. He actually graded pretty well, but I think they need more from him. And maybe you know, maybe McCoy coming in um, helps make that happen. But uh, and maybe McCoy himself, you know, he didn't grade blue for them. He was close, seventy eight. So maybe McCoy a little bit motivated, playing in the same division of the team that gave his number away to Sue, right? Right. Maybe McCoy. Maybe they get a Pro Bowl level type year out of McCoy, and suddenly. Um, you know, this is a pretty good team again, although in a tough division where it's going to be hard to win. Yeah, an awful lot of first-round picks in that front seven, though, too. And Keekley's mm-hmm. a stud. I mean, I, I think Carolina is somewhat of a sleeping team here, and they would be certainly yeah. higher than 21 on my list. Any other nuggets so, from those teams? Yeah, yeah. well, let, let's address the Redskins because they had yeah. zero blue players, but they've got a bunch of guys shaded gray, which is just a notch behind that. So if you scroll to Washington, who do you see? And You mentioned their defense. Who do we see on that defense that could really be an upper tier player? Uh, and what do you like of their just their prospects overall? Well, I think Kerrigan is an upper tier player. That maybe his grade was a little lower than it's been or whatever. Yep. I mean, I think yep. he's proven, and I saw nothing to think that he's a lesser guy. Um, he and he graded the same as Frank Clark last year, who just got a hundred million. So you know, maybe it. yeah, we'll take it. I mean, I think yeah. a guy like Josh Norman is probably the opposite, though. He's somewhat declining. I like yep. Deron Payne, but I think Jonathan Allen can be a star. Okay. Um, yep. One other yep. Washington note. I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is a football outsiders thing. You know how they do adjusted games lost with injury? Yeah. Yep. Their defense was the healthiest unit in the league. Their offense was 32nd. <laughs> <laughs> it felt that way, didn't it? it that absolutely. Way right. Bad. So I some mean, of these grades, I mean, how many of the snaps did they play on offense? And, I mean, they got beat up on that side of the ball. Yeah. Interesting team because you know, they're probably going to play the rookie quarterback. And, you know, they've got a couple, uh, you know, they had a couple first-round picks. They're going to be, you know, getting uh, Darius Geis back. I think that's mm-hmm. interesting. You know, so Jordan Reed is one of those players who could be great or not, you know, not even play. So Offense needs um, to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, they're they're just it's a tough task when you're you know starting over a quarterback you just paid a guy and now he's learning to run again you know i mean that that is brutal so uh we shall see we shall see uh here's some of the bottom feeders but 
Some of these teams, I think, are going in the right direction and might not belong this low. Cincinnati at 25, they just lost their first-round pick, Jonah Williams. Maybe I'll talk more about that tomorrow, but I think that's a huge blow to this team. That's brutal for this time of year. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Tampa would be higher than 26th for me. Uh, I think there's a fair amount of talent there. I mean, especially with their skill guys, of course, and I think their front seven has some talent, and they've invested a lot in the secondary lately. We'll see. Giants sounds about right at 27. Although I do think the offense has some pieces, you know, for sure. Some high-end pieces. And then the Raiders at 28, uh, they might have been 32 last year. So they're certainly moving in the right direction. It does seem a little rough on the Raiders to be 28, though, after adding that much talent in the draft and free agency. Oh, I'm with you, too. And so yeah. the Raiders were one of two teams, along with Washington, that had zero blue-shaded players. But that's, wow. I, I mean, I you know, to me, Antonio Brown, is he came in at 79.3 last year. And we may just be, you know, maybe it was just, let's just face it, if you had to rank the best years of his prime last year for a lot of reasons other than how good he is as a player, probably knocked him down, right? So, yeah, uh, but I he's think kind he of the definition a really good, of a blue. He, he absolutely <laughs> is. So, <laughs> you know. so, so, you know, I think, I think you're right. They they have. A, I'm surprised they're as low as they were. I think they'll be better mm-hmm. than that. Um, still, obviously, have some questions and questions on defense. But I mean, I don't um, know if it'll gel on the field. But I mean, just in terms of rosters and the players we're looking at on paper, I think they're better than 28. Yeah. I do too, and I th- I think this year there's they've done enough offensively to if it doesn't work then they're going to get rid of Carr. I, I think it's set up the, for him to be the fall guy uh, if if all these moves on offense don't produce a top you know, at least a upper third of the league offense. You're pretty confident in that, huh? I mean, if he, if things don't go really well, you think Carr is somewhere else? Well, if Carr, if Carr is perceived to be the reason why the offense was held back, yes, mm-hmm. that's what I think happens. Yeah, I mean, that's logical. And to their credit, though, I do think they've supported him now this offseason with an awful lot to truly evaluate him. I mean, like last year, it was tough to evaluate yep. him with what the guys And I think that's him. what they're doing. Yeah. I think that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> so I do give them credit for that, for sure. Uh, any other little nuggets from that foursome and before we finish this up? Well, just the Buffalo had five blue shaded players, which is one of the, you know, it's, that's going to be in the top third of the league, but their offense mm. over or their team overall um, is low. And so then the other interesting thing was they had one blue shaded player in offense. It was Frank Gore. Frank Gore's their highest oh, rated wow. player in offense. So I don't know. How to, I love Frank Gore, you know. I yeah, good for guy. him. But I mean, but uh, yeah, yeah wow. that's great for your offense. So let's just see how that offense comes together. And I think we all know they're banking on a young quarterback uh, yeah. with, with a certain style of play. So that was just an interesting nugget on them. And, and then, uh, yeah, that's it for the team wise. I think we have maybe, did you have a couple of players you thought were too high or too low? Um, just wanted to wrap this up though. The bills were at 29 and then the last three are Miami, which I kind of thought they might be 32. Although I do think they have some guys mm-hmm. on defense. I like um, 31 is the jets. Although they added, mm-hmm. Some a lot of brand name guys. I mean, I still think they have work to do, but they shocked me a little bit that they were thirty one, and the Cardinals at thirty two. Yeah, they're better. They're exciting, but someone has to be last, and they're fine for me to be last. I mean, they were a pretty awful team last year, and these are grades off of last year, you right, know, how they right, played right. last year. So I think we feel like Arizona. You know, there's optimism there with the quarterback, and they've drafted some guys on offense and. Uh, you know, but you're right. Somebody has to be 32. We're grading it off of last year, or PFF did, so that's not a big surprise. All right, and getting a new coach doesn't help you in this exercise, or Kyler Murray doesn't help mm-hmm. you in this exercise, you know, so yep, you know, yep. for David Johnson didn't 
you know, grade great because he had no blocking and wasn't used properly, you know, so that's just the nature of this. Um, One thing I did want to wrap up with, though, is I have a couple teams I thought were too high. That's the Patriots who came in first, Seattle at 13, Mm -hmm. the Jags at 19, the Lions at 20, Denver at 22, and Miami at 30. Sorry, Miami. I'm telling you you're too high and you're 30th. <laughs> that's a little rough. Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. brutal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my two lows were the Chargers at 6. Again, I thought they could be 1, 2. Um, the Titans at 16. Browns at 18. A lot of star power there, but maybe it's not yet reached its peak. The Panthers, who we talked about in detail, they were 21. And Tampa at 26, to me, was a little low. Yep, I'm with you on most of those. I'm not mm-hmm. going to go through and you sure. know give you 15 teams, but I'm with you on most of those. I hear you. Cool. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? This was fun. Yeah, no, I think that I think that was it. It was a good exercise, good run through, and I think there's there's fodder in this, Matt. If you wanted to go through, you know, some, the players that are too high or too low, um, uh, it's a good subject. And for me, there were a couple like you know. Zeke for the Cowboys comes in, you know, Zeke Elliott comes in at a 72. He's below Lamar Miller. So, you know, that's just the reality of having a play by play grading system. But, um, I think you have to take that type of thing, stuff into account when doing this. And that's why I think Dallas, I think to me, Dallas is a team, um, really to watch this year. Yeah. I think Dallas is really interesting. I think you said that well, they, I probably will pick the Eagles to win that division, but I think Dallas could be a contender and I think that's better than people think. I'm with you. Folks, that is a wrap. Um, I will be back tomorrow. I'm lining up a guest, but that's not set in stone yet. So tomorrow might be Twitter Tuesday on a Friday. Uh, I'll keep you all posted about that. It's been a great week. Over and out.